a new Ultraman with the same old look and the same old feel. It's Shin Oturaman. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Is it Shin Godzilla? The first title mm. is Shin Godzilla when you watch it the is. movie. Which is so strange. It is. It I, is. I don't quite get it. <laughs> well, I would imagine that Shin Kamen Rider is just, uh, will do the same thing. But is it going to say Shin Godzilla and then flip to Shin Ultraman and then flip to Shin Kamen Rider when that comes out? Maybe. Might. I think it's just establishing that there's a connection here, right? Like this is a different type of of trilogy right Mm. um this is its own little universe of its own here so i mean if you if your favorite band is the shins and you went to this movie you got your fill (laughs) welcome back to the monsters versus men podcast the bargain basement of the monster podcasting airwaves where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies this week of course we are discussing shin ultraman and with me today is my co-host, who may look like a tall, skinny alien, but is indeed human, Alex. Yeah, joined by the hollowed-out alien, Eric. I only have the front half of my body. <laughs> the rest is hologram, Alex. Oh, I like it. Or you just wear a trench coat everywhere. That's true, too. This is just my human form. <laughs> <laughs> uh Alex, we probably talked about this before uh, on MVM Plus. Um, I'm sure we have, but uh, I'm curious. We, we've we've actually taken a step away from Ultraman. We were into Ultraman. You especially, Oof. what in 2020? Yeah, right? I would say uh, 2019, 2020. Yeah, tw- uh, tw- yeah early yeah. 2021. I was really right? definitely 2020. I was really yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of did a deep dive into some Ultraman. I've seen about six or seven series, I think. Um, you've seen, what, probably 10 to 12 series? I, I, it may be a few less than that. Uh, I would say I've probably you've seen... Because I've seen Q, I've seen uh, Ultraman, I've seen Seven, I've seen The Return. Which is I've the one I haven't finished. I haven't finished Return. Z? Oh, really? Yeah. I've seen Z, and I've seen... Um, What's the other one that I reviewed for um, the Kaiju Apostle podcast? I can't Ooh, remember the other one. For Kaiju Apostle. Uh, or the Ultraman show, their Ultraman show. Yeah. What What? What, what did you cover with them? I don't remember. There's a short was. one. The one where there was a school. Oh, I, I oh like Ginga. Ginga. Yeah. 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 I've seen Ginga. Did you ever watch yeah. Ginga S? No, I never did. Never watched King. Interesting. Ads. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I watched. So yeah, I mean, I've seen all of those except for mm-hmm. I haven't finished Return. I'm like most of the way through. I just never finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was about the time I burned myself out. And yeah. then I've watched, um, uh, like you said, Ginga, Ginga S X, Orb, Geed, Orb Origins. Uh, like you said, Z. Um, uh, several of the zero, all the zero movies, 
mm-hmm. some of the zero, uh, some of the ultra galaxy fight stuff, a lot of the movies. Uh, yeah, so I guess I have seen I more said, than I thought. About ten to twelve. <laughs> yeah, I have seen more than I have. I did stop at red and blue or R and B. Yeah, <laughs> disappointingly, disappointing lack of rhythm and blues in that mm. series. By the way, <laughs> I really want to watch X. I, I hear good things about X. X is, so. X is great, but I think people oversell how great it is. But oh, it, really? I, it is good, like no yeah. doubt, it's great. But I, mean, people, I think Z is good. Yeah, but, Z's good. Z, Z's, yeah, Z I think is good. Z's probably better than X, but X is yeah. X is really good. I'm not downplaying X. It's just people talk about X like it's the be all end all, and <laughs> I don't quite agree. Well, what what is your favorite Ultraman series, Alex? That was the question I was oh, actually no. going to ask you. Oh, no. I think we've talked about this before, yeah, but of those, bad. what's your favorite? I won't. I won't disclose. I mean, my my favorite. Uh, one of the ones. Oh yeah, actually, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like it has to be prefaced. It has to be friends. Oh, man. Because it's yeah. not quite an Ultraman show, but I do love the anime. I know the second season was a little rushed, but I really love that first season of the anime. And I like the second season, too, quite a bit. Um, so I am a big I never anime finished fan. the second season. Oh, yeah, it's great. So. It's great. I mean, it's rushed, like people have said, but I really do think it's it's quite good. I like the direction. It just needed a few more episodes, probably, but it's going to get a third season, I believe, for a final season. Yeah. Yeah. Um mm. and then but my favorite like legit Ultraman. Yeah. Golly, that's hard. I, I would say maybe I'm gonna say something a little controversial because I know it's got some real highs and real lows. Mm-hmm. I do like Ultra Seven quite a bit. Like when, mm. when when I reflect on the series, I reflect really highly on the original series, but then I think about Ultra Ultra Seven and how much more ground I think it broke, despite like you said, like we've talked about in a MVM only re- MVM plus only review of Ultraman set or Ultra Seven, but uh, where I said that yeah, it does have more highs and lows, but I do like Seven better than the original series, hmm. which is saying something. I, I think, but yeah, I I would say that's probably my favorite. It, it's weird. I don't think that's too controversial. I think a lot of people like so seven. Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Kyo Itoshi has told me, like they consider Ultra Seven like top tier. Mm. Yeah, my favorite is the original Ultraman, Alex. Uh, parts of Ultra Q I love, oh, like Ultra certain Q's episodes, great. but Ultraman, the original Ultraman series, uh, is my favorite. <laughs> uh, there's just something about it where it just has this innocence. Mm. which we'll get into in this. It's just the overall tone of that entire series and the ending of that series that really sells it for me. So I'm a big fan of just the original. I want to rewatch it again and I don't rewatch stuff. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's odd, Eric, that these old things that we don't have a lot of a connection with. Yeah. Being nostalgic already. Isn't that weird? Us. Yeah. <laughs> Despite we not talk, having that tether that years and yeah. years ago. Yeah, we did. Even when we talked about the shows, we were like, it's weirdly nostalgic, but it's like, why? <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be, but it is. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I like it for that reason, though. Because um, it feels quaint in a way. <laughs> it does. Right? Like, we know it should feel nostalgic. Like, if we grew up with these, it would. And so it kind of 
cements itself as this nostalgic type of series. So, yeah, but I, I think we'll talk about that in our review. So I'm ready to jump yeah, in. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, you? Eric, is this MVM Plus or is this MVM? <laughs> yeah, it's starting to sound like MVM Plus, but let's get into MVM content, Alex. All right, let's do it. Well, Hediako Ano's name may be thrown around frequently when talking about Shin Ultraman because of Shin Godzilla. Shinji Higuchi actually takes the lead behind the camera this time. Higuchi certainly captures the Ultraman essence. I don't think we can debate this much. But does that essence work for a feature-length standalone film? What do you think, Alex? Mm. It, it, it's clear, like you said, that the filmmakers have not just a very clear understanding of what makes Ultraman Ultraman, but they have an exceptional execution of it as well. They don't stick too close to what we've seen before to invalidate the existence of this film. But, and the key from the difference between this and the next, this manages to create its very own but familiar identity, which I was just so thrilled to see. Because it turns out that these elements, the hope and joy and some of the camp, can Mm -hmm. carry a feature-length movie without any issue. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is ve- this. It, it's a lame comparison because they are kind of being developed in similar with similar creative teams. But this is successfully just like Shin Godzilla in relation to its original property. Mm-hmm. It is a faithful evolution. Ma- whether that's a good or bad thing in terms of whether it's, it surpasses the original, but it is a faithful evolution that keeps the identity of the original property while making itself its own thing. Yeah, no, uh, it definitely does Alex. So for Shin Kamen Rider, which comes out this year, I, I feel like I need to go back and watch the original Shin Kamen Rider series mm-hmm. because of how closely Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman draw upon their original series right that they come from and as i said in my intro i think higuchi nails the tone and the feel of ultraman for 2022 this is no doubt about it nostalgia driven filmmaking which normally can kind of turn me off a little bit right um when it's just done you bring back the same like characters and you it can be overdone but this time it's done right in my opinion, mm-hmm. I love how the film is just a bit tongue in cheek with its international audience <laughs> and our modern skepticism, right? It suddenly answers questions about kaiju and how they only appear in Japan, <laughs> why Shinji has a bland personality, how Ultraman has his powers, the transition between Ultra Q and Ultraman, the reuse of monster parts. I could go on, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, and yet it does all those things. And yet it still keeps Ultraman's uh, completely stiff flying posture. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and it just, it, it sticks closely. Like it strikes this balance between the old and the new while having fun the whole time. Uh, I, I think anyone familiar with the lore of the original series will have an absolute blast watching this movie. 
But beyond that fun, I think it captures the lighthearted tone, the teamwork, the kindness, and the hope of the original Ultraman series in a way that still works for a modern audience. Now, whether that makes for a good overall film uh, with a runtime of, what, 100 minutes, Alex? Mm-hmm. I guess well, that's why we're having this discussion. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think it's actually close. I don't know. With credits, I'm not sure, but I think it's almost two hours. Like This is a, mm. this is a beefy movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad it didn't have previews before. That was kind of nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this thing is, like you said, I, I am blown away. By how this film captures the essence of the original Ultraman. And what's even cooler, like, is the sound effects that they use (laughs) during this. They use all old sound effects. How many times have we heard the incessant, annoying, bomb-dropping sound effect? And they do it here, and they do it relentlessly when they do it, which is so funny. It's so great. I love it. (laughs) Oh, it's great. It's great. (laughs) Is it sound of, oh God, that sound effect like grates on you? The sounds of the beams. Yeah. Oh, all of it. All of it. It's just so great. And the phone, the phone, the phone, the phone. I think, I don't know if the door sound effect is new or not. I'm trying to remember whenever they walk in and out of the door, it goes, it makes that sound. But oh, yeah. there are so many, just the punching sound of every single thing is just so great. It helps the film capture that retro essence. It somehow mm-hmm. works perfectly. I do not yeah. understand how old sound effects work, <laughs> but they did it. Yeah. They did it. And they, they're memorable. They're noticeable. Now, maybe it's because we do have those ties, but, you know, I did realize while watching this, I'm like, oh, like kind of. Punching and kicking sound effects are boring now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and these are this like these are exciting. Yeah. They're otherworldly, and I think they accentuate this other thing that I that I think a lot of people notice in the trailer, and then during the movie, uh, might maybe have mixed reactions. I'm not sure, and that's the CG because it, mm-hmm. it's not bad, nowhere close to bad, in fact. But yeah. it is identifiable CGI. Yes. The otherworldly monster designs, however, offset the iffy effects enough to make it a non-issue. Everything is so unique and different that, yeah, even though we can tell they're computer-generated, they look great somehow because of their design. And I love the fights with the monsters here. Uh, they really work. Everything does manage to have a weight. A problem with most CGI is that it does feel like the monsters have a weight. There's there's debris and everything being kicked up every time they knock each other somewhere. You, you just really feel it. And maybe it's those old sound effects, those crunchy sound effects, <laughs> as, yeah. accentuating all these moments. But it really just makes it work. And while I do love the fights... And they're nothing to scoff at. I mean, their, their execution is great. But, mm-hmm. and the story is also interesting. It's handled <laughs> a little strangely, but not in a bad way. Uh, you know, it's got this weird weapons arm race. Uh, arms race where, like, suddenly, 
they're worried about people becoming biological weapons, literally yeah. biological yeah, weapons, yeah, yeah. right? Um, because they can suddenly turn big, and it sounds like they're one of the few species that can utilize this technology, and that's a problem, mm-hmm. even though everybody else in this can, all, all the aliens can utilize this as well. Um, but I guess w- th- I like these the, this background of these treaties and stuff these <laughs> between these other intergalactic civilizations mm-hmm. on how they're kind of like conquering and keeping things in check. It's very cool. The execution is smart. And I also like that the film both criticizes and acknowledges the need for weapons. But it doesn't give us any hard answers here. I didn't feel preached to at all about this, which is appreciated. It kind of let me come up with my own conclusion because at one moment they're complaining about the need to acquire nuclear weapons, right? And that it's kind of like this egregious scene because of this treaty. And then another moment they're having to create weapons to protect themselves from a, not just monsters now, but alien species. And at the end of the day, the film revolves around Ultraman giving humanity a weapon to utilize in a way that they choose. And they choose a pretty nonviolent, I guess I would call, way to use mm-hmm. it. it. It destroys the Zeton, yes, which is confirmed to be a living being, despite being like a machine, it seems like, because mm-hmm. it abides by the land of lights orders, or uh, mm-hmm. not orders, but their, their rule set. Code. Yeah, the code, that's it. So it is a, a pretty nonviolent weapon in a lot of ways. And so it's kind of interesting to see it play yeah. with that. Because, again, those are themes that tie back to the original Ultraman. Ultraman pushing humanity to be able to protect itself without him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's that's the pinnacle <laughs> of the series, right? Um yeah, I will say, and and, and we, maybe we can get into some of our criticisms now, Alex. Um, this film does have some issues. And I, I was texting with you, Alex. I, I knew what some of your issues were going to be as they happened. Ah. And I don't think I'm going to disagree with you completely on the issues that you'll have. Uh, but I'll tell you some of my issues first. I do think the pacing could be too fast, potentially. And it's it, the pacing is created by that episodic feel. Um, You could easily break this into a four to five part miniseries with no issues at all. And each episode would feel like an Ultraman episode. Uh, And so that feels, makes it feel quick, but also slightly just disjointed. The issue is that we don't get that underlying current. What's, what's the unifying element that ties this entire thing together? Now, in the last third of the movie, it starts to be revealed that Mephilos, Mephilos has been pulling these strings all along. Um, but th- that's kind of undercut <laughs> by the other storyline that comes after. So that's like the fourth or the third or the fourth storyline yeah. of these episodes. And then the fifth storyline is Zophie, right? Um, and Zeton. which is hinted at earlier whenever um, Shinji goes and visits his human body that is laying lifeless, right? Mm. But I wish that was pulled upon more, that final story. 
so that it doesn't feel like something that might be tacked on at the end. Yeah. I like this story. I love what it does with it, but it does feel tacked on. And so the pacing, uh, I have some trouble with there. So it's just that overall co- cohesion. There's some other small moments here or there that leave you scratching your head. Like how did these characters get from there to there so fast? Or what was the point of that? Or like, why did Shinji just run out to save the kid and get there so fast and everyone just let him go. (laughs) But the ending, I loved, I actually loved the ending. I loved it. Uh, Even if I do wish that that final battle uh, before the ending was that time, was just a bit longer, and I do wish there was more cohesion building up to that finale. Okay, I, I do want to hear more about when you say ending, what you mean, because there's a couple okay. aspects of the ending <laughs> that I have problems with, but there's parts of it that I really like. But I'm with yeah. you. The where the movie's perfect Ultraman exterior begins to crumble a bit is when Mephilus is pulled into the film. He's like, yeah, he walks in. He's like, yeah, I was in charge. But even when he explains his plan, it doesn't really make any sense. So his plan was to lure Ultraman to the planet. Why? He would have an easier time taking over it without Mm -hmm. Ultraman. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense to me. And it certainly wouldn't have caught the attention of Zafi. So his whole plan is just nonsense i went and saw the movie again today and again it makes no sense um (laughs) so but he's he's kind of a fun villain that being said oh yeah like he's he's entertaining (laughs) he's definitely an entertaining villain i like him um and i i I like the idea of this guy kind of pulling the strings of these monsters and he's like the one kind of maybe assembling them especially the last three Mm -hmm. he mentions like you can swap the parts and all that stuff which is really cool Mm -hmm. um yeah. And then I, I really think like, he's not terrible, but they could have really added some cohesion with just how he worked with everything else. And there, there's these other yeah. small moments that really had me wondering, like, what is going on here? The finale in, in particular, like, mm-hmm. I would have really loved to have gotten an extended finale here. Because we, we go from Mephilus coming in, saying he was controlling Zaban, which that doesn't really make sense either with what his whole plan was. But mm-hmm. the rocks, I mean, the film has rock solid pacing until the finale. Right when they're having this epic battle between Ultraman and Mephilus, it feels like the final conflict. The music is like raging. We got that yeah. awesome rock music in the background. We're getting mm-hmm. an excellent fight scene. But this excellent fight scene is cut short, right at the knees, while everything is like hitting its stride for like a perfect finale, it felt like. And now it's time to pine over humanity. What is it to be human? And then after this unsatisfactory fight, we kind of decide to whine a little bit. And it's not the themes that I have a problem with. The themes are great, but it's the way that they're executed on the back of a, f- of a phenomenal storyline. The Mephila storyline is a little weak, but a phenomenal f- battle that felt like the end of the film. Mm-hmm. To, to zigzag away from that 
and have Zafi show up. And then he uses this. We follow the unsatisfactory, unsatisfactory fight with a unsatisfactory Zetan that floats in space and has no personality like every other monster that he has fought so far. And it's just like the design is completely and utterly boring. It's lame. Mm. And the fight between Ultraman and him is absurdly boring and nonsensical. Like I get that Ultraman wanted humanity to do this himself. And so he like, or do it themselves. And so he goes up there and gets knocked out. Right. Yeah. You could have faked it, buddy. You could have faked it (laughs) and made them do it instead of almost killing yourself and almost eliminating humanity's only option, which was using you, as he says, as a tool. It just didn't make any sense. He gives them the one chance they have, and they still need him, and he almost blows it because he decides. I I don't get his. I don't get the plan. I get the idea of the plan, but the execution Uh leaves something to be lacking. If he hadn't woken up when he did, they were all done for. It's just so convenient Mm -hmm. and illogical for me. And then the finale feels again i love the themes just like i love the themes of evangelion but the it, it, it feels like the end of <laughs> the end of the series evangelion hmm. it's <laughs> because we it's like we ran out of money we do this explosion in this really cool sequence it's black and white yeah it's it's awesome. very cool very cool but then we go and float in space for at least six minutes while they talk to each other with static images. And uh, it's about and, and while I enjoy And it's exactly like it's ultra it's the Ultraman ending. It's it's almost taken directly from the Ultraman yes, series. But it, it's it's the compounding of it all that becomes the problem. It, if mm. we hadn't had the unsatisfactory fight with the unsatisfactory Zeton, with the unsatisfactory Zeton fight, and then like this weird plan, an unsatisfactory punch in the like space dimension, mm. which is just really kind of lame. Like I love the idea, but it's executed way too fast. Like all this unsatisfaction at the end does build up to lead what would be a cool moment to feel a little unsatisfactory. Hmm. So I, I disagree about Zaytan's design, uh, but that was one of the things I knew you would like uh, because it reminded me a little bit of, uh, it actually, it was funny because it reminded me of Nope a little bit, right? I was like, this is an Evangelion sort of Zaytan design, mm, yeah. right? Um, and this is an Evangelion sort of feel. So I, I get that Evangelion comparison that you make there. I like the idea of Ultraman being the small guy against this big yeah. giant oh, I love weapon, that too. right that's cool the problem is that battle lasts for about 25 seconds <laughs> yeah ultraman does nothing and, and zeton is just static like i get that he's this overwhelming power i get it he's static but then it's just like but then his overwhelming force i thought it was pretty cool and i, I love when it's when it's firing of, those lasers and they're they're coming around the arms colliding with each other and then shooting out it's so cool it's cool but then i love the shot of just ultraman falling to the <laughs> earth it's super cool with sophie there like uh horizontal mm-hmm. upwards and ultraman uh like head first going towards the water it's a very very cool shot um coming down and i love the whole 
idea of it. I yeah. I think that that needed to go on and be a bit more climatic. I think again the bigger issue is the coherence. I can forgive it for some of its illogical stuff, even though I noticed some of the same things that you did, especially in regarding to like, man. Also, Ultraman woke up, and we're going to use him. What if he didn't wake up? Like mm-hmm. exactly, <laughs> uh, it just didn't quite make sense. I, though I guess like maybe Ultraman knew he was going to wake up, or there was going to be some sort of trigger because he's like triggered by Zaytan opening up and being about to like. Uh, fire, right? Um, maybe something yeah. there. But I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, ah, but the whole point was that humanity could do this themselves. Well, I guess humanity did have the technology, but then they needed Ultraman to finish the job and they just needed Ultraman to wake up. So it was kind of a team well, effort. The funny thing is, I guess they don't even do anything. They just find out that if you click the button twice at the right time and you collide with it, you did something. So they don't actually create anything. <laughs> right. They don't end up creating. They just figure anything. out a formula uh, to make yeah. it collapse in on itself into the yeah. plank dimension or whatever it's called. Yes. Yes. Now, I do love the whole time uh, countdown sequence. Um, and I love how time slows down there at the end. And we get that whole oh, like yeah. time warp black and white. That's awesome. That's actually super cool. I, I see what you're saying, though. Um, it's to me, it's the overall unity of the back half of the film with the first half of the film. Um, Zofie's appearance feels a little out of nowhere. Um, and you wish that there was some sort of hint at that earlier mm-hmm. on, like it built, built up until that moment. Um, so it felt more climactic um, because you were waiting for that final battle with Mephilos, who could have been also in the film earlier, mm-hmm. right? Um, as a character who then later revealed himself as an alien, and it would have had more coherence. Again, it's just that episodic feel that might not work for some people that gives it that fast pace, but does create this sort of, all right, we could literally break this into episodes and have a great time with each individual episode, mm-hmm. right? Um, but What's the unity tying them together? With all that said, though, here's what I love about the very end of the movie. They used to, you say goes on. Yesterday it was ten minutes. Now it's six minutes. It's about four minutes. <laughs> I think it does exactly and expertly what the series did at the end. It makes me care about Ultraman's sacrifice. That final Ultraman series episode. It actually packs an emotional punch, and this is no different. Zophie trippiness and all. Um, many have commented on the theological aspects of Subarayas and how Ultraman captures his Roman Catholic beliefs. I, I think we see that in that ending, but also without looking too deep here, uh, I think we see that reflected elsewhere. Even though I think this film contains more Anno esque nihilism infused within some of the dialogue, you know, especially the dialogue about gods and and about hope. Yeah, the captain right? is very Anno esque. He is. He is. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I love um, that idea in the fight with Gabra, though, about how Ultraman takes on the radiation and neutralizes oh, it within yeah. himself. Just a very cool idea uh, and a very cool sequence. I'll tell you what, Shin Ultraman, Shin Godzilla, 
they both do beams very well. And I have been a complainer of beams in the past, <laughs> but the beams in this movie are awesome. Oh uh, yeah. The beam, the, you're right. The beams are so cool. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. And then again, we, we get that Mephiles, like he's just walking in on Ultraman's beam. It was so yeah. cool. And then it's just, it is. Yeah. Right at the knees. Yeah. Cut it off. Yep. <sighs> And it feels random too, right? It it, it feels random. That's why it feels random because we haven't seen this character before that suddenly appears behind Ultraman's shoulder. But anyway, on MVM Plus today, um, we'll talk about some of our recent um, reactions to movies that we've seen. I'm also curious about Gwen's reaction to Ultraman. Oh, yeah. She's going to be on a Gwendar, Um, Eric, today. That'll be good. That'll be good. So we'll talk some more about that. um, And we will do a Gwendar. But uh, Alex, uh, and that's that's over at patreon.com forward slash pod. I should say. Uh, we still have our monthly special going on, right? Oh, yeah. Monthly special. Our Black Friday special. Did you decide to keep that? You, We've decided to extend it um, through February. Through February. Through February. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Now, how much was that? Uh, that is, I mean, you could start at $2 a month. Two, $2? That's right, Eric. And that's extended through February? $2. Extended through February. If you do $5, you can get your episodes a week early. And that's including NVM Plus a week early, too, my friends. So Wow. Wow. Come by. Wow. You could have already been listening to this by now. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Man. All right. Welcome back to the Gwendar. Gwen. We saw Shin Ultraman. It was a while ago, about a week and a half ago. But did you have fun at the movie? Tell me. That what? Oh, okay. I'll tell everybody. Yep. On the way to the movie, Gwen wanted me to tell everybody that she slammed her face on a car door. She got a nice big bruise. Was that did that how'd that feel? Bad. I ice packet yeah you did have to have an ice pack didn't you and in one part he went he was trying to fly away and then he got sucked into like a great thing that had a little like red color oh oh you're talking about the movie now okay are you talking about when he got sucked into that that vortex and then he got stuck in that space it was all red and he saw a black ultraman Oh with golden yeah. On it. Yeah, with golden on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Gwenny, there was a lot of cool parts in it, but what was your favorite part of the whole movie? When they knew who he was. Oh, when they found out who Ultraman was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and what was your favorite monster fight? Or who was your favorite monster that you saw? Drill, 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 drill. <laughs> oh, drill, drill, drill. Remember Gabora? That's Gabora. his name. Yeah. Gabora, Gabora, Gabora. How, how did uh how did Ultraman finish off Gabora? Remember? Mm-hmm. Yep, gave him a big punch right in the face. Uh-huh. Yeah. Man, that was cool. What did you think about the fake Ultraman? That was the bad guy that put him to sleep. Yeah, the bad guy that put him to sleep. It sure was. It sure was. So why did he not have a back? In the back. Oh, yeah. You noticed that, huh? That he was like flat, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's just a, it's just some it's sort just of weird like, dimensional it's monster. It's just like if you open um, 
like a thing with marshmallows in it, like that bear thing, like a Oh, yeah, like a bear, th- like, yeah, thing with marshmallows in it, of course. He's like that thing. Oh, of course, I know exactly what you're talking about. Now, Gwen, if you had to rate the movie, what would you give it? Would you... Well, its words were kind of, I can't really understand it, but what language it did? No, well, we watched it in English, but it's it's normally in Japanese. We um, their words were in Japanese, and I didn't not even understand a word of it. You mean at the very beginning, where the director Shinji Higuchi was talking about the movie? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. But what did you think of the movie overall? Did you like it? Did you love it? I loved it so much. Yeah. Do you want Daddy to buy it so we can watch it at home? Yes. I thought so. That's a good note to end on. Thank you, everybody, for. Coming to say the say Gwendar. Gwendar. Let's get into our awards, though, Alex. Uh, who'd you have for compelling character award? I had Zoffy. He, despite me wishing he wasn't in this movie at all, I do think that he <laughs> is an interesting character, and he definitely pulls me into wondering what the rules of the Land of Light are in this universe. Because they are much more merciless than, yep. than the one that we've come to know in our typical mm-hmm. Ultraman series. Uh, just w- wanting to wipe these people out because they could turn into Ultraman at one point in the future. Far, far future. And so, that, yeah. and then also being weaponized as well uh, because they can grow big is... It, it's... It's odd, but I also want to know more about these rule sets. It's very interesting. It's it's talked about a little bit, but I'm I do want to learn more about this origin. I guess. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. Ultraman here, I guess they're not Ultraman, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zafi, Zofi's uh, Land of Light people seem far more utilitarian, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not that. We, what's interesting is you see grand bad guys in movies, like for example, uh, Thanos yep. in in uh, Avengers have similar sorts of motivations, like these utilitarian motivations uh, of wiping people out for the betterment of the universe, right? right? But there's no m- malice in what. Uh, Zafi's trying to do here. And so that makes it interesting, but it's like cold at the same time. Uh, And that's the point, right? Uh, That's the point. And that's what Ultraman ultimately is fighting against because he has, he is fully man and fully Ultraman. (laughs) Uh, He's experienced what it's like to be human and knows the importance of just the single race and their reality. Yeah. She's really there, interesting. There, there's some weird yeah. lore things in here. At one point, one of yeah. the aliens mentions once a place is marked, everyone kind of knows about it. But I'm like, but yeah. then we never revisit that. What was the mark? Yeah. Mm. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it has to probably has to do something with, with the biological beings that are multiplied at a, 
quick rate. I don't know though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it made it sound like either, either either like some sort of like relic almost showed up and caused like some of the mm-hmm. monsters or something. But then Mephilus is the one that did it. But maybe it's all lying. I don't know. You know, maybe the monster, maybe the alien yeah. was lying at the time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't necessarily trust what they were saying. Um, my compelling character was Akihisa Taki, um, who is the, he's kind of a comic relief character at some Mm. points. He's the big otaku fan, right? Uh, who I, I just feel like he's relatable because he gets to these places. Like he has these ideas, these great ideas. He's obviously very smart. But then once he's reached the end of its rope, he can fall into despair, right? So he is the he's the foil to the hope that is presented in this movie because he reaches that point of despair. Um, I, so I just, I don't know. I, I think it's relatable in, in that sense. And I love that Shinji slash Ultraman doesn't give up hope on him uh, and just leaves him that flash drive mm. to inspire him with that technology at the end, with that formula at the end, we should say. Yes. Yeah. I really like that character. Very cool. Really like that character. Yeah. Uh, what about your most memorable um, line award? I'm paraphrasing here because I can't remember it and I can't find it uh, anywhere online, but it's when uh, Shinji is speaking to Asami at the end uh, right before he goes to face Zetan and knows he's going to get annihilated, basically. He says something like this. He says, if I choose to try, I might fail. If I choose not to, I will. Um, I just thought it was cool. He has a couple of really cool lines. He does have some <laughs> cool lines. He does. Uh, that was a cool. Um, what about you? Mine is actually by uh, <laughs> Yumi Funabara, Funabiri. Mm-hmm. Um, she said it's when uh, Zaban walks in and he kills all the <laughs> all the storage and all of their work that they've done by just being there. And she she's oh, yeah. so upset that everything is fried. She says, "Who insisted on these regulations? A closed environment with no backups? I want to bleep them." <laughs> and the movie actually bleeps it. It's so funny. Yeah. Now I did watch yeah. the dub today because I took Gwen. Uh-huh. And <laughs> what what they say in the dub is they almost said that they want to like rip off their head and crap. <laughs> oh wow! But, but it bleeps it. Um, but it's, it's pretty funny. funny. It's it's really funny. <laughs> wow! Interesting, interesting. Um, what about your can't believe the acting award? Uh, I'm going to give it to your compelling character, Daiki Arioka yeah. as. Akahisa Taki, I really do. I think he, mm-hmm. like you said, it, it's those moments where he like goes into despair and he's upset. You know, I buy those moments from him, and I also buy when he gets excited. And also, it was completely hilarious when he's in that PSVR headset and he's in the with the yeah. meeting of the minds, and they have that comment where like who thought that the most the most intelligent people in the world meeting would look so uh, ridiculous? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it does look ridiculous, but yeah. <laughs> so good about you. Um, mine is uh, Masami Nagasawa as Hiroko Asami. Mm-hmm. Um, she just has the most, she has the biggest role to play in terms of 
the widest range of emotions. And I, I oftentimes will give my can't believe that acting award to characters that have to demonstrate that range of emotions and pull it off. So Asami, she both is comedic right at times, um, <laughs> just in, in how she presents herself and some of the inside jokes that she makes with people. Yeah. But then she also has to be very serious, uh, very stern. She also has to act as a stoic, uh, hypnotic, giant alien <laughs> at one point. So she does it all. She has quite the range. So I, I give it to um, Masami uh, Nagasawa. I love it when she is upset that they've gotten all these pictures about her. And then yes. when they they all get deleted, how excited she is. <laughs> it's so yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's good. Uh, oh, that's a good shot award. Mine what goes to the shot of uh, Gabora trying to drill Ultraman, and you see it's just it's from mm. his point of view, and you just see his hands Ooh. grabbing the drill, and it's just going side to side. It's yeah, so, so cool. cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. All those sparks and everything just make that scene really like fun and interesting. Oh, oh yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. For what sure. About you. Mine is that ending um, when. It basically enters the Zaton Ultraman enters Zaton's core when we've got that time slowing oh, yeah. down loop and things turn black and white. And it's almost like they're using practical effects. Like I, I don't know if they were or not uh, for parts of that. It's like they're using an Ultraman figure <laughs> um, just in, in how it looks and feels because it's so just that Ultraman flying pose and it's like suspended. It feels like, and you, you feel the weight of it. And there's so many interesting visuals there. I, I don't think they ran out of money. I just think they used their money on on the sequence. Uh, and I thought it was it was <laughs> awesome, uh, really cool. Uh, it wasn't a fight sequence, of course, but I, I thought that was one of the coolest parts in, in the movie was those uh, couple minutes. Yeah, it was very cool. I, I also, we haven't even talked about this. People were upset about the color timer initially, but I really, I like oh. the choice of the change of yeah. color from red to green. I, I because it works. I I have a problem with the color timer anyway because yeah. it's only used yeah. for plot purposes. It's never used in any way that makes sense actually and so to <laughs> yeah. just have him running out of energy just makes more sense than him having a three yeah. minute timer i mean it has the same three minutes can be well, three minutes three minutes can be half half, yeah. half a minute, three seconds i mean it makes more sense for sure and, and hopefully i haven't seen since people like people have watched the film um that be an issue mm-hmm. right because i'm guessing that most people had an issue. I could be wrong, but I would hope that most people had an issue with no color timer because they assumed that no color timer meant no yes. limits, which I would have an issue with as well, right? Um, because that is part of Ultraman, is that there's a limit. Uh, but that's no. not the case here. There are definite limits, and it's visually noticeable in probably a more interesting and compelling way than a beeping timer. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, <laughs> Eric, what about your unique award? Yeah. So I have got to go favorite monster redesign, and I'm going with Gabra here, uh, or Gabara, the drill so monster. 
Once again, yeah, really cool. You already mentioned that. Oh, that's a good shot award. That entire sequence is really cool. Quick uh, runner-up shout-out to Gomez <laughs> right at the beginning, oh, yeah. playing on Shin Godzilla because it's just hilarious and that awesome. Really um, but that that is very clever. I love it. It's like I think we joked about them doing that, but then they actually did. <laughs> I love the ultra cute touches uh, at the beginning. It is oh, it yeah. so fun. So cool. I was kind of expecting it to be maybe yeah. in it more uh, just because I didn't expect it yeah. at all, really. And then for well, it to be... Isn't that... It's just cool, too, that they kind of show this transition between Ultra Cute and mm-hmm. Ultra Man, right? Like, they never talk about... And if you watch the series, Ultra Q and Ultra Man, they're never explicitly tied together, right? At least as far no, as I not. remember. They're not tied together. They're not. Uh, the, the Ultra but, Q is referenced in Ultraman Z and probably a couple other yeah. uh, shows. Yes. But there is no uh-huh. connection between the original Ultraman series and Ultra Q in terms no. of acknowledgement. No, some no, suits no. are reused. Some monsters no, are reused, not. but they're not yeah. in the same universe. No. Yeah. And like actors right. are reused. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no. There's there's no explicit connection, and yet here it makes that connection. You know, it just is like the natural. Oh yeah, the SSSP was a division formed explicitly because of what we saw happen in Ultra Q yeah. events. You know, um, so it just makes sense. <laughs> it's so cool to see some of those. Uh, it was, and those were they felt like practical effects. <laughs> like uh, Pegula felt like. The Pegula suit Dude. just coming out of Super Eye's <laughs> office. <laughs> it was great. Oh. Yeah. And then I, I had an award as well. I had best fight moment. And that is the Gabora punch. Where he walks mm-hmm. up and he just mm-hmm. stops its spinning blades. And gives yeah. it one quick punch and kills it. <laughs> it's yeah. Awesome. awesome you don't expect it to just finish the fight like that and so when he grabs yeah. it and just takes charge it's so cool it's so cool uh and then oh. yeah well, i love my my best fight moment is the first initial uh oh, ultra yeah. beam it's good explosion yeah it's awesome <laughs> and he carves a hole in the is back of the mountain so cool but then just that explosion it's of cool. the whole thing right it's really neat, really neat. Uh, great, great. Yeah, I mean, the CGI, I haven't touched on that yet. Uh, you, it, uh, what's the best way? To, to, it's off-putting at first, but then I think the film earns its way yes. into it, right? Like, it, it, it becomes less noticeable as the film continues till at the end you don't think about it anymore. Exactly. The first time you do think about it because you're like, ah, I, I can tell this is CGI. But once you're immersed in the story enough, you, you just completely kind of, and I think I said this in the trailer, it's like once you're immersed in it, you don't think about it anymore. And I didn't. The only the time progressed. I recall really like being like, oh yeah, these are special effects was like uh, uh-huh. when uh, Asami is big. I was like, ah, looks mm. a little off. Just looks a little off. It's not, it's not oh, awful. Interesting. By any means, but it's a yeah. little off. It's a little lighter than it should be. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. It's it's just a little off, but it, it's, it's a minor yeah. complaint. And then also, I have a follow up best flight moment, and that's when he gets hit by 
Zaban and he's spinning in the city mm-hmm. and he does that. He keeps his form the whole time and he almost hits the yes. ground and he <laughs> glides between the buildings like on the street <laughs> in the same position yes. without changing form the whole time. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. Um, all right, Alex. Final thoughts and tiered mm. rating. What you got? I really do not know for this one. Uh, it's something I've been thinking about a lot. I just finished the movie for the second time. I've actually seen the movie two and a quarter times. I guess two and a third. Because I rewatched the first 20 minutes last night. Or first 30 minutes yeah. uh, last night after I watched mm-hmm. it. Because I kind of missed it. I had to watch it in the car because it is a whole thing. Anyway. <laughs> before I got to the theater. Um, and so good. Uh, I was excited to go see it again today with, with Gwen to k- kind of get a better grasp on it. See if I really missed some of the plot details between the, the plans of the villains and Ultraman's plan. And I did miss a few things um, because this is a rapid fire movie, kind of like Shin Godzilla is at times. Like it's, it's just kind of moving so fast at times that you can't quite keep up with everything. Um, and so it was good to go through again, but the film is undoubtedly Ultraman. They understand this series like, uh, as good as anyone else does. And they know how to execute it. These are fans of it, but they're also intelligent enough to create their own thing and not just rely on the nostalgia. This isn't people like that made AVP Requiem, right? Who just wanted to have toys and smash them together. This isn't even like Ultraman the next where we want to do something completely different and doesn't really have any, any basis in Ultraman, honestly, other than we get, we got big. Mm -hmm. They understood it and you could see it throughout here. And I love everything from the sound effects to the fight scenes to, the overall story and the message and the themes. It's just, it's great where the film loses me is when Mephilus and Ultraman quit fighting because Zafi showed up. Then things really start to fall apart for me uh, to the point where I'm wondering why we even went this way and why we didn't just end the, end the movie with a fight with Mephilus. Hmm. I appreciate that they execute on the themes of the original Ultraman in the ending, but I think everything else at the ending falls pretty flat. Um, And so I think, I think because of that, I want to give this a very high camera tier, but I mentioned this to you earlier today before I went and saw it again, that the more I reflect on the movie, the more I like it. And mm-hmm. I really do think that over time, this will become a Godzilla tier for me. But mm-hmm. I, I do find that the it, the last quarter of this movie is exceptionally weak compared to the rest of the film. Mm. Yeah. So I don't have any problems with the criticisms that you have. I, I understand them. Um, even while I don't hold all of them with the same sort of weight mm-hmm. as you do. And I also just think the final sequence, um, and and I mean the final part with Sophie uh, and Ultraman's conversation, and I think the uh, time sequence leading up to that as a 
again, it feels tacked on. That ending does. I'm with you. That's why I wish. I, I love it, though. I, I like that ending. My my issue is not that the ending, in the ending itself, but it and it's how it's kind of it yes. feels just tacked on. There's there's no coherence, as I said, with the beginning of the film, which is so strong. I, I would agree that the first 80 minutes of this film are the strongest. And the finale leading up to the last, I would say, five minutes mm-hmm. is the weakest. I also have, have problems with the way that the Mephilus fight ends and the way that the Zeton battle ends. It's 30 seconds and very short. Um needed to have some at least a little bit more action there to make it feel more climatic um maybe ultraman had a slight chance but there's just zero chance so maybe that's the point (laughs) there's zero chance against this thing um but with that said overall I, i can't help but look back on this film fondly and look forward to watching it again it does capture everything that I want to see in Ultraman film done so well uh, that I, I am just impressed that they they pulled it off. I, there's not a film that I can think of that has this type mm. of tone. That's hard to describe um, because it does have humor. It has camp. It has action. It has nostalgia, that yeah. retro feel. It's quirky. It can get serious at times. It feels almost like a children's movie at times, um, but it's not. Uh, all those things combined make me really appreciate this movie right. for what it is um, and, and tip my hats to its filmmakers. So with that said, this is a lower Godzilla tier for me. Um, I, I do think this reaches that those heights for me. Um, yeah, and I was honestly surprised at how much I enjoyed Can I it. Can tell overall. you the conundrum that I'm running into with the rating system? Yeah, I think about how I rated the next, and I made it yeah. a lower gamma tier. We both did, I believe, yeah. and I do think it belongs there. Mm-hmm. But this film is like. 15 times better than that one. <laughs> and it's <laughs> so on our star in our star rating in our star rating, you would have given the next like a two and a half. You would have given this a three and a half. Maybe because I feel like a two and a half usually would even be. It's like, I acknowledge some things about it, but I can't, ult- I guess you're right. But, but I would probably, if our, in our old rating system, I would probably give this four stars out of five. But yeah. the question is, yeah. is like, again, I, the more I think about it and the more we've talked about it, the more I like it. And it's like, I almost forget about the weaker parts as I talk about it. But I also know that when I yeah. watch it, I really take note of those. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the, uh, Mephilus versus Ultraman fight felt even shorter the second time, which is a yeah. problem. Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, honestly, it's, it's long term. It's going to be a Godzilla tier for me. I know it is, but for right now, upper camera. I would rate it four stars, but that's a Godzilla tier for me. By See, the way, my rating system is yes. so much more lenient than yours. Oh, and I usually give more Godzilla tiers out. 
You do. You do. Yeah. You, you usually rate films higher, but that's all good. I'll just rate this one higher. That's than okay. You this time, that's okay. Alex. I know long term <laughs> where this will be. Um, yeah. Next week, Alex. We'll see what oh, we do we, next we week. Haven't about it, have we? <laughs> uh, we haven't 100% decided, but it might. We might do a ultra. We might do a Shin Ultraman uh, special episode, or we may get into our next series. What I would suggest is visiting mvmpod.com, where you can find what next week's episode will be, or you can join the bargain base mites at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod, and you'll figure out <laughs> what we'll, the next episode. We'll is message them and let them know what already to watch before we release the episode. <laughs> there you go. There you go. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on this episode at nvmpod.com or email us at nvmpod at gmail.com. Become a bargain base my patreon.com forward slash nvmpod to receive weekly bonus content. And if you can't join at this time, a review or share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, Instagram Connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't... Let that golden man distract you from capturing the Earth. And try, try to, to stay, stay alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Or maybe if Ultraman lands, let the kid take the hit, you know? It's true. <laughs>